the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, here it is a Tuesday. We got through Monday. That's always a major ordeal, getting through Monday. Got through to uh, to today. Got some good uh, topics that we are going to talk about, Elizabeth and I. And then in the uh, second hour, the Bible guys will be here. And I think it's going to be Steve and Scott. I know Scott will be here, probably Steve. But, uh, of course, Billy is out because he had surgery or has surgery this morning. So uh, you might want to say a prayer for him. Get surgery going on his leg, I believe, uh, that uh, has given him a problem for many, 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 many years. So uh, we will uh, talk about that a little later on with uh, the guys, the Bible guys, and get an update on that. But right now, Elizabeth is here. Hello, Elizabeth. How you doing? Good morning to you, sir. It's good to have you with me. How are you today? Well, we're awake. That's a major accomplishment. <laughs> like you say, Monday was a challenge. <laughs> it was a challenge yesterday. It, it, it truly was. It was a challenge, first of all, to get up out of bed on Monday morning. Because my, I had a great weekend. I really did. had a fun weekend. My grandson was over and then spent some time out by the pool. Uh, got with... Uh, uh, Paul Calvert and we worked on my ditch in front of my house. He's got a backhauler and uh, backhoe, and uh, we dug it out, so it's been fixed. So I'm I'm happy about that. Uh, but this morning, got up and was ready to go. I was tired last night, though. Uh, went and crashed last night about eight fifteen. That's not normal for me. I usually make it easily to you know like ten o'clock and then go to sleep. What time did you go to sleep last night? Uh, about 11. About 11, okay. You were up <laughs> the, for a while. The second, the second time. <laughs> oh, okay. You, yeah, you you told me you were going to be napping yesterday. Crashed, crashed out a little bit yesterday afternoon. We were up very, very early, and uh, oh. then we uh, took a nap. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how, is it, yeah, well, you're getting up. When you got to get up early, you know, we get up early for this show. Uh, you got to usually right. got to rise by four o'clock to get to get everything under control and ready to go a uh, big story today that's uh, that has broken and this dealing with a democrat uh run polling uh case this is uh called the uh, navigator research study are you familiar with it not super, but I did see the article. It's a uh, great, interesting result. It is interesting. People are people across the board. It doesn't matter about the color of your skin. Well, We all have similar concerns about yeah. rising crime. Absolutely. 
the the number one uh, group that was concerned about crime and considered it a crisis were uh, African Americans. They do not like what's going on in the cities of of this country. This after a full year last year of listening to Democrats tell us how they were going to defund the police all the time. And I, you remember that I said on the air that uh, that that whole George Floyd thing was being blown up bigger that it had affected the black community about policing uh, less than what the polls were showing. The polls showed that we want less police in our neighborhoods. We want less this. We want less that about about the taking care of crime. And I said, that, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for whatever is necessary to stop crime. And uh, this poll shows that is exactly how the uh, the folks are feeling uh, in our uh, communities across Americans that are predominantly African-American, especially in cities like Baltimore, New York, and Chicago. Uh, the the African-American population in Chicago is outrageously ticked off about what's going on in that city. And in New York, you've got the uh, mayoral candidate for the Democratic Party who's a law and order guy. He used to be a cop, used to be a captain in the uh, New York City Police Department and said, you know, you got to make the you got to do the things that you got to do. Go ahead. Well, I think that's why he's made such a great uh, result in that mayoral primary in New York. You know, let's face it, for years, the Democrat policies, they talk about disproportionate effects on blacks. The Democrat policies over many years have always disproportionately affected blacks, all the way from Margaret Sanger putting abortion clinics in predominantly black neighborhoods to trying to teach that particular part of our population that they are victims forever. And now they're starting to wake up and realize that the crime that we're seeing all around us in our neighborhoods is being caused by our Democrat leaders. Yep. They are, they are not happy with the way things are in the, in the major cities. And, uh, you know, that's kind of understandable when you look at what they've given them in the major cities. I mean, I, I love, uh, the police. <laughs> yeah, you look, I like uh, Chicago. I, I grew up outside of Chicago. Uh, I did not, you know, agree with a lot of the, the ways that it was governed under mayor Daly and Jane Byrne and others. But, uh, still, I, I gotta tell you that, um, as a city, it was always a, a great place to go to. That's uh, not that way anymore. I mean, to get to the loop where everybody likes to go typically because it's where all of the museums yeah, and everything else is, is at. Yeah. That's correct. The art museum and all the rest. You got to got to drive. You, typically, if you're coming from like Indiana, up from Iowa, uh, Missouri, up through Illinois, you, you've got to go on the Dan Ryan Expressway, which takes you right through the southwest part of uh, Chicago which right now is a war zone. I mean, it, it is as bad now, I believe, as it was back in the, the late 60s and, and early uh, 70s at that time. From everything we see, certainly, and in New York is the same circumstances. You know, we remember the 60s 
in New York, New York was known as a, you know, pit downtown New York and, you know, all through there with the street solicitors and the prostitution on the streets and everything else going on. It got changed. You know, in this case, New York, Giuliani changed it with his uh, broken windows approach. But in Chicago, Ms. Lightfoot thinks that it's all Trump's fault or our fault as conservatives somehow. I'm not sure how that works. It's all white people's <laughs> fault. It's our fault. Yeah, she's she's made that pretty clear in uh, many of her news conferences and, and what she has said. And she is definitely uh, part of this whole white supremacy problem in America that doesn't exist. And so... Uh, you know, it's going to get worse in Chicago before it gets better. I do believe that because if you ignore the problem, if you refuse to take on the problem, it just festers and gets worse. You know, that's what happens. I'm encouraged, though. I believe that the people and it, it's a sad situation, but I believe that the people who live in these t- cities are seeing all around them the results of Democrat policies. And they realize now exactly where it's coming from and it's starting to turn against the democrats it's not going to go well <laughs> yeah well you know mayor Lindsay, you know ran uh, new york city into the into the into the the toilet when he was uh, uh the uh, uh mayor of new york city i i remember writing uh an op-ed in the college newspaper it was my week and i wrote one it was it said that New York, uh, the New York City was an apple that was rotten to the core, and I and I talked mm-hmm. about Mayor Lindsay, and he was just a, he was just a mess, definitely a mess. All right, well, let's get our first break in, and then we'll come back and do more here on the on the Dave Ellswick show. We got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot of big stories that are going on. Senator Rubio gave an impassioned speech in the well of the Senate yesterday about Cuba. Uh, the president finally said something about it. Uh, And we'll talk about that and more when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth Sotolaro is my special guest on Tuesdays during the first hour. Bible Guys coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Uh, You know, with this really hot weather that's going on, and it's supposed to really become a firecracker uh, later this this week. They're saying Thursday uh, we may break 100. We may get into triple digits. Just normal heat, not heat indices, but normal daily high temperature of 100, a century mark, and then uh, 105, 106 as far as the indices go. Your roof is taking a beating under that kind of heat. That kind of heat, you can get on your roof, and there's places that you'll find the tar is so uh, sticky it almost runs. I mean, that's that's kind of heat you're dealing about. And that just wears down your roof because, you know, it's it's not just one year that it's like that. It's like that every year in Arkansas. And if you've got a roof that's, you know, 15, 20, 25 years old, it probably needs to be inspected and be sure that it's still in good working order. And PI Roofing will do that for you. All you have to do is give them a call at 707 707-35-51. Now, with that heat, here comes the good news. It's dry, and that means if there is something wrong with your roof, they can get you in line, get you in, in the uh, the quay, and, and, and get you ready to get your roof fixed. So call the folks at PI Roofing, the pros 
the professionals at 707-3551 or go visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, let's get back to the Dave Ellswick Show here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. And the last part that I wanted to speak to on this thing about crime was that let's remember that last year the left wing of the Democrat Party, and that's a significant wing. They've been calling the shots on many of the policy issues for the Democratic Party. We're leading the charge with defunding the police. There were some Democrats that did not agree with that, and but they didn't call for an end to that. I think that's the most important thing, that they did not to go to go to war with those people in their party. And now they're in a they're in a, a shaky position going into uh, uh, the election coming up uh, in 22. Oh, we never talked about defending the police. We never said that. Remember the last? Oh yeah, that was all the Republicans. Unreal. Yeah, it was all the Republicans. It wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, talking about gaslighting an issue that is an issue that they have been gaslighting like crazy. Don't believe your eyes. Don't believe your ears. Don't believe what you read. Don't believe what you saw on television. Believe what we're telling you right now. Yeah, don't believe your lying eyes, as the old joke goes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly what was going uh, down. You know, I, I'll give Joe Biden credit on one issue, and that uh, is that he never, ever said that they should defund the police. However, he never, ever took on the left wing about that. That's because he didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that could be that could be true Sorry about that. You know, the yeah. word is that the dementia is very quickly accelerating, seeing little comments about that here and there. And I think it's pretty obvious when we see him in public. But, um, yeah, I don't think I, you know, I don't think he knows what's going on. I think there's somebody else pulling the strings. All right. Let's uh move to something that i find interesting people who listen to 1011 fm uh you know lock their radio in and they like the different talk show hosts that we have and they like hearing charlie kirk they like hearing uh sean hannity and then in the evenings there's this guy by the name of larry elder that they like they like listening to well yesterday he stepped away from doing his uh his show uh, he will not be doing it for some time now because he has decided yeah. that he is going to run for office first time in his lifetime. Uh, he is going to run for office after he's witnessed California's out-of-control homeless crisis, the spiking crime rates, the looming water and power shortages, and whipsaw con- uh, coronavirus uh, lockdowns that they've had. So Larry Elder is going to run against uh, Gavin Newsom. He's uh, the fourth of four different candidates that now are wanting to be governor of New York. And if you're looking for a good conservative, uh, you know, Larry Elder, you can't go much further than Larry Elder as a good conservative. Now, whether the people of California are smart enough to to reason with uh, Larry and hear what he has to say or, are two different things, but we'll see if his candidacy uh, can gain some traction because you've got him, you've got a big business owner that's running out there. Of course, Newsom's running. And then you've got, uh, was it Caitlyn Jenner? I forget what his 
female name is. It's Caitlin, right? Whatever that yeah. person. You know that that's that that I used to say. That's the guy I want to be like because uh, he was on a Wheaties box back when I was a kid, and he was a an Olympian. But uh, yeah, it's you know he's he's running as well. He, she, whatever. Uh, is running as well. I don't know what his pronouns are. I don't look into that stuff. I really don't. <laughs> so, bottom line, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I don't have any clue. But you know, Larry is is going to be on on the right side of all of those issues that need to be addressed. You know, you're watching all these fires that are going on out west. I've had Bruce Westerman on like every Wednesday for the last uh, year, year and a half. And we talk about that often because his degree is in forestry from Harvard University, sure. by the way. Sure. And, and that's a, and a, he, a he basic talk, principle of forest management is to take care of the, the scruff and all that and let the fires take and they care don't. of that. And I, they don't. And so then they have these major wildfires because it's all about saving the environment. Well, mm-hmm. it's about saving. It, it was a, the snail The snail daughter, daughter was one. Uh, of the animals, and the other was the titmouse. I, I remember oh, yeah. that. Uh, and so the, you know, buildup underneath the trees that occurs in a forest from the leaves falling, from branches falling, and things of that nature, and just lying on the forest floor, that stuff needs to be, one, either cleaned up, or you need to have, con- you need to have controlled burns. Uh, of the right. forest to keep it under control and they don't do either one for the most part out west and that's why california oregon washington state and now uh, nevada's even being affected by uh this mismanagement and it you know bruce says he wishes that he could go he could do a special and show people what it is that that he's talking about that to me now you correct me if you think i'm wrong here elizabeth that would make a great pbs special uh for the arkansas public broadcasting system or uh, for one of the news channels here to go out west with the congressman and let him show the mismanagement that's going on out there so that they know the truth of what's happening it would be amazing it would be amazing if, uh, well, I can remember years ago when we had what I call good documentaries on television that explained forces and issues of nature without a political slant and helped educate people. Now it's all about propaganda, and there's no way they would ever do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know, you know, if they would or, well, they haven't yet, so I guess they won't, but it would be nice if somebody would go out there with the congressman and hear what he has to say and see and see what's going on and let him point out the uh, the issues in fact i would think if they would do that here uh locally what would happen is that some of the national networks might pick up what they've done and uh, it'd be a way for them to win some emmys award, emmy awards for these uh, local stations for sure i just who else is on that bandwagon other than west Westerman, I haven't really heard anybody else, you know, in Congress talk about our forestry other than our guy. Well, he talks about it. Hold on. There's another gentleman because uh, I'm looking at having 
uh, somebody on about that. I I just haven't called oh. called them yet. He's okay. a, by the way, he's a friend of Bruce's. All right, I guess I can. Well, call, he's a fob. <laughs> you know, he's a fob. He's a friend of Bruce. Friend of Bruce. Yeah. yeah so Bruce. He uh, he is fighting this uh, this uh, uh, battle as well. And I was I was watching Fox last night. I just flipped over. I was not really watching any television last night. I was had my Kindle out and I was doing some reading, but. I have I flipped over and they had some guys talking from uh, uh, the right talking about what to do about climate change and and all kinds of different things and uh, it was it was some conservatives because a lot of people think that conservatives have no ideas or have have no theories about. Uh, what to do about our natural resources, and we do. It's just that the media does not talk about our ideas that we have, and that they don't like them. They they want uh, you know they think you know solar power and all that other stuff. They don't t- take uh, into consideration taking care of uh, what's going on in the uh, in the forest and things of that nature. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Elizabeth uh, Sotolaro is with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, a reminder, if you live up in the Cabot Ward, Austin, BB area, that there is the Cabot Emergency Hospital now. They've been open for business over a year now. They are on 89. They are to the Walmart side of 67167 next to David's Burgers. And they're building a very large car wash. Uh, near David's Burgers as well. So uh, it is in that area where they're located. They're 100% physicians uh, owned. They have a board certified emergency physician uh, there all the time. They are open 24-7, 365. They've got uh, x-rays. They've got CAT scans. They've got ultrasound. They've got an MRI. They have an on-site lab. They have a pharmacy on site. They have everything that they need to identify what is going on with your emergency. And if they can take care of it and, uh, of course, uh, send you home, that's what they're looking to do. You'll show up and they'll get you to the back El Pronto to be seen. You won't be sitting around for an hour, an hour and a half uh, waiting to get to the back. Uh, to meet with a doctor about whatever your emergency is because they know your emergency matters and they don't want you to have to wait to find out what it is that's causing the problem, the pain, or whatever it is that's impacting upon you. Now, if you are having a heart attack, if you have some kind of uh, problem that needs to be seen by a specialist, They'll get you to a hospital where they can uh, take care of that problem for you. But their option is to get you back to your life faster. They want your emergency to be taken care of. That is Cabot Emergency Hospital. I've gone there. They have did a wonderful job with me. I've talked to some other people that have been there, and they, uh, you know, say the same thing. They do great work, and super stuff for us here on uh, on that yeah i find it interesting the whole thing about the uh, the voting that's going on uh, you know the changing uh, and tightening of uh, regulations about voting picture id things of that nature 
Uh, Democrats are fighting it out in Texas with the Republicans right now uh, by uh, moving, uh, of course, uh, getting out of Texas so they can't have a quorum in the House, so they can't move a bill forward. Speaker of the House in Texas yesterday said that they would meet again today, and if they had a quorum, they would bring it to a vote. If they didn't, then they would continue to meet, and then the special session runs out at the end of this month and said that uh, he has been told by the governor that they will just start another special session immediately at that time to try to force the uh, Democrats uh, to uh, to get to get to work and to do their business. Uh, I thought it was interesting. They had all kinds of pictures of these Democrats flying to D.C. and none of them. And I want to repeat it to you. None of them were wearing masks on that plane. And that is by federal mandate, even on a charter, that you must wear a mask. But uh, and they're the ones their party is the one that pushes that. And uh, they're not wearing a mask inside the plane at all. And they're all smiling. No, that doesn't apply to Democrats. Those rules don't apply to Democrats in our country. No, they make the rules, but they don't live by the rules. (laughs) They make the rules. That's exactly right. Now, Governor Abbott also says when you return to the state, you will be arrested. He has the power to do that. And this is not the first time. This is the second time they have decided to walk away. This is what Democrats do. They cannot win in the marketplace of ideas. They cannot win with their strategies, honestly. So they cheat lie, steal, and when it doesn't suit them, they just walk out of the room and refuse to participate in our country's governance. Well, you know, they they are doing the exact same thing that they've done in the past, uh, Elizabeth, and they're talking about, we can't pass these laws because they're terrible, they're draconian, and then you find out that the laws that Texas has passed, if they went into effect, they would still have more open voting uh, opportunities for people than a lot of blue states do, like Delaware Thank and others. You. Thank you. But we don't look at things logically. That's not what this is all about. They are seeing their power is waning. The people are tired of their stuff, and we're tired of being lied to. We're tired of seeing what's going on. It has now become impossible to hide it, even with the media everything at their power to tell us something other than the truth. People understand the common American, as has always been the case, is realizing that pretty much everything around us is a lie constructed by the Democrats who are running the country. And I think it's going to backlash on them. Well, Delaware has more pernicious uh, and far more limited opportunities to vote why is the president not uh, getting on his home state for having more restrictions than Georgia? And now for Texas, you're not going to hear anything about that. I'm just telling you, that's just not, not going to happen. Hey, listen, Willie wants to talk to us real quickly here. Let's get him up. Hi, Willie. How are you? What's your, uh, what's your point this morning? Well, I just got back from Emerald coast, Dave. All right. I like to hang down on bikini beach. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, huh? Did you get brown? Yeah. Did you get did you pick up some color on your skin? Yeah, I got roasted. <laughs> you're not, yeah. You're not supposed to look, you're not supposed to roast yourself, all right? I had I had to turn the air conditioner up a little bit last night 
uh, to cool it down a little bit more because I I went out I bought a new float for the pool and I got in it yesterday and floated around in the pool. I got pretty rosy uh, yesterday to be honest. I put a little suntan spray on me. Well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. So, how did did you have a good time there? Yeah, me and my best buddy went down there for six days. Yeah, where where you did know, you, you where know, did you go uh, to? Uh, well, we stayed at the Funiac Springs. Uh huh. And then we hit the beaches down there, Panama City, Fort Walton. How how packed uh, was Panama City? Oh gosh, <laughs> that's why I go in September, brother. Vacation <laughs> season. <laughs> you know what, Dave? You know what? What? Larry Elder would make a good governor. Yes, he, I think he would do good. I I I have to say that he'd have he'd have a fight before him because being as conservative as he is and as liberal as the legislature is. That would be an interesting, uh, interesting time. Well, Larry t- tells it like it is. Oh, sure he does. He's been doing that for the Sage has been doing it from West uh, from uh, East LA has been doing that for a long time. Yep, yep. He has been definitely doing that. Well, I'm glad you got away for a while and got a little vacation. I hope you enjoyed yourself and recharged your batteries. I wanted to get tattooed, Dave, but I didn't have enough money. <laughs> What what kind of tattoo? Now you gotta tell me, Willie. What kind of tattoo did you want to get, and where? At a tattoo parlor down there. Yeah, I know a tattoo parlor, but I'm talking about on your epidermis. Where were you wanting to get a tattoo well, uh, at? For for a couple of hundred bucks, I wanted to get a an arrow an arrow in, in the lining green with a green arrow through it saying "Love Mother." Oh, on your on your on your bicep. Yeah, arm. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you. See, that's the thing. If you call in and you want to tell me about a tattoo, I want the story behind it. There is always a story behind a tattoo. It may not be. It may be a drunken story, but it will be. A, there will be a story behind a tattoo. We when we used to do our uh, our show live out at Riverfest. I would call people over to the booths and ask them if they had tattoos, and I would say six out of ten people would say yes. And I'd say, first, where is it? Secondly, what's the story behind it? And some of the stories were hilarious. I mean, just freaking hilarious stuff. I've, I've, I've come close a couple of times, but I always can figure out a better way to spend my money than getting a <laughs> tattoo. I. I wanted to have one of Jim Morrison on my right forearm, and I didn't do it because when I found out it was going to be three hundred and fifty dollars, uh, that was enough to convince me that I really didn't want to have Jim Morrison on my right forearm. Well, also, Dave, that is permanent. Like, and oh if yeah, you, and if you're and trying to get a tattoo removed, like that takes a lot of work and it's a lot of pain. And I don't like pain. needles. It's a, yeah. I don't like pain needles. So pain to remove. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is if if I get one, I I won't want to remove it. I, it will be tasteful enough. It's got to be worthwhile. Yeah, that yeah. I would have it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Morrison. Morrison, though he was a, dig- a degenerate and a and a pagan in the worst sense of the world, uh, what well, I think was still a great poet, and uh, really you know, appreciated some of the things that he had to say. 
I, I love his whole thing about running for the sun. I, I really do. We're always he running for the about a tattoo. Always running for the new it. part of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So, did you ever think about getting a tattoo, Elizabeth? We're not going to give up all those secrets. <laughs> <laughs> now wait a second. Now, did you get a tattoo? We're not going to give up all oh, those okay, secrets. Okay, there it I is. I... The biggest decision is where to put one. Yeah. Is it going to be visible or is it going to be In, not visible? Yeah, not visible. You know, my if I was going to do it, I wanted people to see. You know the you know somebody. And here's the key: you got to make sure who you allow to tattoo you. Some people are very, very good. Some people are not are very, not. very good. <laughs> and I tell you what, though, I was at a farmer's market on Saturday morning, and I saw at least four different individuals, three gentlemen, one lady, who had full sleeves on both arms and oh, yeah. their calves and up the backs of their legs. I can't help but think when I look at someone like that how much money they must have spent well, that's thousands of dollars, that. I'm sure. Like you say, one tattoo that you looked at was $350. Yeah. And then you go back time and time and time and time after, you know, as they build up all that color and they do all that. I don't know. I just wonder about, <laughs> I'm sort of a fuddy-duddy. I wonder about, I know we say it's safe to have a tattoo, but when you cover your whole body or half of your upper torso is completely covered with ink that's been ingest, injected underneath your skin, is that really healthy? Is that really safe? Well, evid- I mean, evidently they've they've thing, looked into it. Yeah, it is. You know, you got to make sure you have a patch of skin that's uncovered to breathe for your epidermis <laughs> to breathe. I mean, look, you know that's why the girl died in Goldfinger, right? They paid. No. They paint. Yeah, they painted her completely they gold. Painted her gold. Yeah, because they painted her gold. Yeah, and so movies. and so she suffocated. Yeah, she that was yeah, the whole thing. Her her skin suffocated. But anyway, I. You know, we're not going to get into all of that right now. I think I saw a a billboard the other day saying that there's going to be another inking uh, conference here downtown. You know, they had this a couple of years ago where they came in and were slinging the ink and, and people who had had uh, a bunch of tattoos and had sleeves and on their arms and their legs and all kinds of stuff. Uh were in to have uh, photos taken of them and stuff, and people were competing for prizes uh, that were the uh, uh, the artists and stuff. So I could, I'll look more into that and have somebody I, on I to understand. talk about it. Yeah, we have some extremely talented tattoo artists in our state, is what I've heard, and that they are some of them. Of course, there's competitions. I don't know anything about the details, but there's competitions. Yep. And we have some folks in Arkansas who are doing very well. Yep, they're they're yeah. very they're very very good. What is it, Lotus Tattoo? I, I think is that's a name that I've heard. Or uh, I, know, I know that uh, my buddy uh, Michael Graves has tats all over him, and mm-hmm. all of them have been done here in Little Rock at uh, one of two tattoo parlors. And I'll have to text him to find out which one he used. Okay, we got to get our last. Got to get our last break in. I'll let you finish. What was it you going to say? It just he has them on his face, does he not? On well, his he's neck? got some on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But wow. he's not now. He's not really crazy. I mean, there's the people who, you know, not only tat, they also get themselves uh, get the the implants and all the rest. And there's that one guy that's, that's like had idea. his teeth 
shaved down to points and, and all of that other stuff. Yeah, people, we have horns attached to our head. Yeah. That tells you where all the influence is coming from. And people who have had their tongues split and, uh, you know, so they have like a, a snake tongue and all that. I mean, that's oh, to me, that's going way too far. I don't I look at those people when I look at some other people that are in the, in, you know, guys saying they're girls and stuff. I look at that, that, that there's something going on there that's deeper than just what they're doing. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk more. Uh, I've been telling everybody about Dustin Turner. I told you that I went and saw Dustin. Well, I didn't go see him. He came and saw me. He drove out to Cabot uh, because, um, you know, the housing market's hot. I've been talking about I'm 68. I'm looking to sell my home and downsize here in the next year or or whatnot. And uh, I thought to myself, well, Maybe I should Dustin come out and take a look and meet with me, and we should talk and and see what we were going to do. Now I knew knew it's going to be like four different things. One, he's going to say, "If you want, do you want to sell or not?" And I'm going to say yes or no. I said yes. So now I had three things that he was going to tell me. One, he could have said, "Dave, I'll give you X amount of dollars for your house right now. Make me a cash offer right up front." He didn't do that. Uh, then he could have said, "Okay." Here's what you should do. Go ahead and do all the renovations that need to be done and we'll get top, top, top dollar for your home. Or you fix up a few things, uh, other things, you know, the people who are buying it or wanting to buy and they're overlook them and you can go ahead and, and sell your house still for top dollar. And then last but not least, as is. You just leave it the way it is, let people come out and look at it, and if they want it, they want it. If they don't, they don't. It's that simple. And then if you say yes, you want to do one of those things, and what he will do is turn loose the power of how he goes out and markets your house and gets your house in front of the eyes that need to see it so that they want to buy it. And uh, he does it on the web. He does some open houses. He does all kinds of different things for you. To, to move to move your home all you have to do is call him and talk to him and get the whole process started uh, 501-952-2969 is the number 501-952-2969 or just google dustin turner the home team and you can find him there or hometeamsoldit.com hey keep listening because uh you just heard from michael knowles he's going to be a guest on my show here in the near future. They got their wires crossed yesterday. He called in to be on, but he wasn't supposed to call in uh, uh, yesterday. So I, I got a hold of the people, and we're getting things straightened out. So he'll be he'll be on the show talking about freedom of speech. One of my uh, my big ticket items there, Elizabeth. I always want to talk it, about that. Oh sure. So what do you? What do you what do you think of this Beckett guy wanting to run for a Senate? <laughs> this, uh, well, I mean, he sounded good when he made his announcement, and the uh, grassroots has sort of erupted on social media and accused him of having out of state funding for his campaign, and that he's nothing but a GOP shill. No, God. and I think that's rather interesting. I, of course, don't know anything about Mister NFL because I don't do football. But apparently he's pretty well known in certain circles. Yeah, he's you know he's a from. he's a vet. I mean, the guy's a vet too. Yeah, he's a veteran. You know, he'll, he's running on a very similar platform that Jan Morgan is talking about, which is what I think is interesting. 
Well, very similar. They sound similar on the high points. Okay. Neither side, the people who have been, uh, we got what four people now that are running for Senate. You got the governor. You got Beckett. You got Jan Morgan, and there's one other person that's out there. I'm, I'm missing right. a name. Uh, but right. the, the bottom line is, is that. Uh, the three that are running against uh, the, the sitting senator is you're running against the senator that the former president backs that the uh, who probably will be uh, closely be a, a, a governor of the state. Perhaps if if uh, she defeats uh, our a, AG has supported him as well. I, I just don't see what they have that they can they can run on that makes him legitimately, uh, you know, quake in his shoes in any way, shape, or form. I know we don't have much time to talk about this, but I think that the race next year will be very different than they've been in the past because I believe there's an element of the voters out there that um, are pretty convinced that they want new blood. And I think that's going to be a major factor. I don't know whether it can turn the elections, you know. I uh, don't know whether that new blood can overcome the farmers of Arkansas who are very pleased with Senator Bozeman. Um, it's interesting to me that, yes, Trump endorsed him, but most folks that I hear from are saying, well, okay, fine, what's wrong with Trump? Why did he endorse him? They're ignoring that endorsement for yeah, the most part. Isn't that kind and of, they're not holding Trump accountable for it either. Yeah, that's that's what I don't understand. All right. I I I just can't get my hands around if if you're that sold on President Trump that uh, you know if he showed up you'd be out with the you know other twenty seven thousand people or more that showed up to see him and stuff. How can you say, you know, yeah, I, I love the guy. He's fantastic. He, he Nothing that he does is wrong. And turn around and say, yeah, I know he's he's behind Bozeman, but that's that's all right. I'm not behind Bozeman. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. We'll talk yeah. about it later uh, next yeah. week. All right, because this is something that's developing. It's new. So I want to give it a couple of days to percolate a little bit before we get him on. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. There's no doubt about it. Politics is always interesting. Always. But that field for that particular Senate seat, what, we have three or four on the Republican side and three on the Democrat side now. It's going to be a huge primary. Yep. It's going to be big. Going to be a lot of money flooding the market, at least from the Republican side. I don't know so much about the Democrat side. All right. With that said, Elizabeth, have a great day. I'll be talking to you. All right. Stay strong. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye now. Elizabeth Sotolaro here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are next right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Feel the 
waters rise. Worth listening to a little bit of this. Listen to what he's saying. That haunt me. Fear won't hold me now. My feet are on the rock. That's a good song to start this segment off. Oh, yeah. My feet are on the rock. Dancing in the rain. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I got a lot. Got to like that. Yeah. If you don't know what he's talking about, take out your Bible. <laughs> start reading. Amen. That's all you got to do. Go out. Yeah. Read about the sand. Read about the rock. Read about those things. See what uh, what that all means. All right. So, so Scott is the only one that's here today. The pastor is going. So, you know, this is it's so fun to do this. But once in a while, because I do this with Joe uh-huh. from Joe's Garage. That's how it all started right. with him. Just him. All right. Yeah. And this is how this started yep. with you. That's right. All right. So it's kind of nice to come back and do it solo once in a while. It like is kind this. of fun. Yeah. You know, and, and, and get back to the way it was. Uh, Billy, uh, Steve joined up a little later on, about a year. Yeah, about into a year. The show. Uh-huh. And then Billy came in about another three or four months after steve yeah and then they've been along for the ride the rest of the time it's been great of course billy's got his uh he's in surgery today or foot or something like that today yeah yeah uh, so uh, he said he's gonna be out for a few yeah a few for, weeks because he's, you know, he's not he's not going to be able to put any weight on that ankle yeah, yeah. so you know i know and i think didn't you have to get on one of those devices for a while uh i was on crutches but okay. I, I didn't have to do the well you know and i had the surgeries on my foot mm-hmm. and i had that that uh thing that i had to put my leg on yeah. and move around i tried to do the wheelchair and right none of that was any it was not fun no. and it would not be fun for billy and so i just told him you get healed brother and then come on yeah back. yeah yeah i got i got hit by uh head-on collision with the drunk driver uh, and that's that's what messed my the the dashboard uh, came in and crushed my left uh tibia oh leg, uh, oh basically between where my tibia and the knee connect together yeah and so um that's why i had to have my surgery you're making and, me hurt yeah it, it was it was not pleasant you know it's amazing though how god designed the body though you know that happens to you and you feel no pain because mm-hmm. all that adrenaline fl- flushes yeah you. Now, of course, you feel pain about after the adrenaline that. goes away. Yeah, yes. But initially, you know, I'm 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 trapped in the car. We rolled down the side of a a, mm. a hill, and so I'm sitting there. The dashes, I mean, and when they, once they finally got me out, they were like, you know, it's it's hard to even imagine how you how you even how it even happened because the, the dashes, you know, flush against the chair, and right. my leg was in between that. Um, but at any rate. Um, it, it, so you know the Holy Ghost is, is is wonderful. I had, I was actually in, um, I was in Tulsa, and and I kept feeling the Holy Spirit tell me to get out of town as fast as I could. I had um, two of my kids with me, and um, I just kind of didn't pay attention to it. And I said, "Well, let's stop and get a coffee. Let's do this and that." But I kept feeling this prompting, "No, no, faster." Yeah. And I didn't pay attention to it. Then I was driving. I decided to go the back way uh, down Highway 7. I was going to go to Hot Springs Village. My parents li- live there. No, the Spirit and, said, uh-uh. Right. And I felt I felt this uh, impression, don't, because I was going to stop and get a little snack at a gas station, fill up. And I just kept feeling this prompting, don't do this. And I just ignored it. And uh, and so uh, 
on the way down, I don't know if you've ever been down Highway 7, but it's a very windy oh, yeah. uh, road. So I'm going down, I'm going around one of these blind cur- curves, and entered into the curve, and here's this uh, drunk woman trying to pass uh, as either two or three cars, and uh, so we hit uh, we hit head on. Oh, my God. All I needed was three seconds, and the Lord knew that. Mm-hmm. But because I was so stubborn, you know, and so mentally geared and defaulting to the to the flesh, uh, he tried to stop me, but I didn't listen. And uh, as a result, I had a head-on collision. But praise God for his grace that me and my kids all all survive, survived it. Yeah. Although I had to go through some some pain and suffering to get some there. Some surgeries, didn't you? Yep, I certainly did. Wow. But it was just crutches for me. I didn't have to do like you guys did. Well, that's good. At least at least they were able to put it back together. Did they have yeah. to use wires or anything on it? Uh, they had to use uh, screws and plates and things like that um can to, you go get, through can you get on the plane without, <laughs> without them wanding you well you know it's uh, uh i in the beginning i would set off the machines i don't anymore so i guess the bone has grown sufficiently over it that it kind oh, of okay. mask it or whatever but in the beginning yeah they'd wave the wand over me and it would it would beep on on me but now it seems not to do that so much but i used to be able to forecast the weather i could tell you when it was oh. going to uh to i'm surprised raining. you still can't do that you know, I, I i don't feel it anymore now i might know 20 years from now but uh right now i i can't feel it anymore but no, in the I'm, beginning boy, i'm happy I did. for you <laughs> can you do it dave uh in my knees your knees hurt bad i you know a lot of people ask me do you wish that you had not played sports when you were younger mm-hmm. and that's it it's kind of a loaded question because sure there's a yay and there's a nay to it yeah you know yeah i'm i'm might have probably avoided the problems that i have with my shoulders Mm -hmm. if i have not had not played uh basketball and baseball baseball basically because i was a pitcher and my right shoulder still gives me in front in fact i did something to my shoulder about three weeks ago and i've had to stop lifting weights because when i go to lift weights it just you know your body tells you when you shouldn't do things that's right and uh it, it it gets pretty testy at times so i called the doctor last week i'm going in to see the doc and and get some x-rays taken because i had my right shoulder completely rebuilt about 12 years ago oh really and maybe that uh was it all know, from pitching oh yeah really oh, yeah i tore my shoulder up oh wow bad time i mean i was that's the reason i had to quit when i was in college mm. i mean i threw a fastball one time and the pop was loud enough that uh, my manager heard it in the dugout. Your shoulder popped that loud? Yeah. And uh, I I lost a ligament. It detached from inside my, oh my shoulder. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard this story and so, before. And uh, so they, uh, they told me. Now, this is back in 1972. Mm. All right. And the only way that they could do any work on it is not like today. Man, I wish... I lived today and, and was pitching, yeah. and that happened because they'd go in, do some arthroscopic work, and in eight months, I'd be back as good as new again. Uh, but they they went and did an incision around your shoulder and opened it all the way up and went in there and worked on it, and then they sold it back together again. And they gave me about a 20% chance of, uh, of being able to really pitch again, hmm. and uh that wasn't my idea of good odds yeah so i said no i think i'll pass on that and that caused some enmity between my father and i Hmm. who of course was 
kind of living his life through me right because i was playing ball and he didn't get to do that when he was uh my age at that time at 20 years old and so you know it was pretty stressful for about four years oh wow and then it cleared out then it it cleared up he he saw me uh succeeding in broadcasting and things and and uh he got saved and a lot of and a lot of different things changed at that time but i i just gotta say it was that was a that was a challenging challenging uh time really was well um i praise god that he he got uh he saw the truth and accepted it and it changes everything well yet i i went in dr gilmore who was at ortho arkansas at the time when they were still just one place that you went to over over there on canis uh did all the work on it did a fantastic job on my right then we had to do my left as well and i had some really bad uh, bone spurs in my shoulders oh wow and they had to clean them all out and everything and uh, i'm just wondering if i got another spur that's that's growing and they're going to have to go back in and clean that one out too i'm sorry about that it's not fun no no fun no surgery is never fun i i think it's funny that since i turned 55 i've heard i've had about eight surgeries oh now i hadn't had one surgery up until oh, that time <laughs> you know just goes to show getting old ain't for uh, weaklings let me just tell you what there's a lot of bad, bad things got to yeah. happen uh, enough about me let's let's answer a question sure. here uh this uh, uh writer said i sent this couple couple weeks ago uh, Bible guys didn't acknowledge that they even saw my question, so I was hoping that you might pass this along. Well, it's here. Here's the question. It seems like so many people are quoting the, quote, do not judge scripture in Matthew 7 all the time now regarding almost everything. And that's true. It is true. It is happening. Uh, I ran into that three years ago when it was when Riffa went through, and we got to take a break here in just a second, but when Riffa was going to go to the Freedom of, of Religion Act, and I walked out to, to talk about it, and there was a bunch of people from the other side out there demonstrating, and they, they were yelling, do not judge at me. Right. And I looked at him and said, I'm not judging you. The Scripture already judges you. Yeah. All right? I don't have to judge you. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. Yeah. So we'll come back and talk about okay. this. It's important that we talk about this. Pat Davis wants you to know, here's something you need to talk about, too, and that's health care. Uh, and that is how he can save you money on your health insurance. He can save you 30 to 50 percent uh, by giving you a, a health insurance program that has no co-pays, that's actual insurance, not a share plan, uh, that is any provider that you choose in the nation, and uh that takes good care of you, that does what it's supposed to do, and that is be health insurance so that you get health care. And it's a perfect health plan if you happen to be self-employed or you're the owner of a small business and you want to be able to give uh, health insurance to your employees. You need to talk to Pat about it today. All you got to do is call him, 501-605-6935, and then go online to yourhealthplanman.com to get all of the uh, pertinent information that you need to take care of. That's yourhealthplanman.com with Pat Davis. All right. Yeah, we can relive our high school youth <laughs> Glo- there. Glory Pastor. days. Uh, 
Well, stu- stupid, stupid days. days. Yeah. Was, that's what it was. Some of it was stupid days. All right, so it seems like so many people are quoting the do not judge scripture in Matthew 7 all the time. Now regarding almost everything, typically the people that quote that at you probably don't know very many other scriptures. Yeah. And they don't know this scripture in context. Mm-hmm. How do we deal with this when speaking with people? It's kind of hard to pass judgment on people's actions when that verse is quoted. Help. Yeah, difference between passing judgment and what the scripture says. So I'll Absolutely. turn it over to the pastor. All right. Um, and I would I would agree with um, with Dave and with the questioner that this is uh, it almost seems like in in our modern day uh, Christian world, not judging is now the the biggest sin you can do. I mean, that's the thing that people use the most being being um, if you're judgmental. But you do have to take it all into um, context. And I'm not going to go through all these scriptures, but the but on many occasions, the Bible does tell us to judge. And what's happening is they're pulling one particular uh, verse out. But the context. Bible, the context. So we're, we are meant to judge, not that we are judging, but uh, we have judgment already made for us. And all we're doing is walking out that judgment. So God has already made judgment on many different things. It's kind of like a like a natural judge. What he does is his judgment is based on existing law, or at least it's supposed to be anyway. Uh, and the same thing is true. When the Bible tells us that we are to judge prophecy, for example, or to judge this or judge that, we ju- it's judged based upon God's law. And so judgment's already been passed on things by the law of God. And so if you're saying, hey, that's wrong, it's not that you are judging. It's just that the law of God has already established that that's wrong or that's right or what have you. But going back to the verse of Scripture, and this is this is what the verse says. It says, uh, it says judge not that you be not judged. Mm-hmm. So in other words, just talking about sowing and reaping. For whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. So, so however you treat others is how it's going to come back to you. And the measure that you use will be the measure that comes back to you. Um, you'll be measured back to you. Why And why do you look at a speck in your brother's eye when you have a, a do not consider the plank in your own eye? Now it's getting to the, the, the big, the crux of it. Or how do you say to your brother, let me remove the speck out of your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. And this is the big deal here because he's going to talk about this whole thing is about judgment. It says hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So the whole context is this. He says, you're not meant to be judging hypocritically. He says, if you've got a plank coming out of your own eye, don't point out the speck in your brother's eye. He says, deal with your own plank. And then it goes on to say, says, and then you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. So you're still uh-huh. meant to help your brother. You're still meant to remove the speck. You're still meant to judge that thing in that person's life. But don't be a hypocrite when you judge. You deal with yourself. Then you'll be able to see, as it says here, then you can see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. So. So it's just talking about hypocritical judgment. It's not saying that you're not supposed to judge things uh, for the fact, um, he says, with the same measure you judge is how it's coming back to you. So you're not meant to be a hypocritical judge. So you deal with yourself, and then once you've dealt with yourself, then you're able to uh, to help somebody else with theirs. So so um, if you, if I was, she says here, how, how am I supposed to help people? What was the last part of that question there, Dave? It says... Uh I just I'd already moved away okay. from it. I think I think Sorry. she said something. Like, How do you deal with people like that? Um, I think if you're in a, in a, it makes it difficult to deal with them because they've used that scripture. Well, then what you do then is maybe what I would do is I would say 
what's could you quote the next verse for me and if they can't then you know that they're just using that verse as a club to beat you yeah, with smorgasbord right so i would then take them to the to the context read it to them and say you can see here i'm meant to help you with that speck in your eye i'm just not meant to be doing this in a hypocritical way so if you're not if you're living a life that is is pure before the lord then then you can speak to people in one way but if you're living a life just like the other person is you best keep your mouth shut until you've dealt with your yourself um but but at this at the the end of the day though the bible does tell us that we're to judge sin based upon what god's already said so uh really you don't have any way to judge anything in anyone's life unless god has already done it and so all you are is a a spokesperson for the judgment of god and And, he's a good judge and i'm gonna ask this are we supposed to almost damn the person when we judge them absolutely not and there's a difference between judging something and being judgmental ah okay and there's a difference between uh being someone who loves the law of god and being someone who is legalistic because a lot of times people equate legalism with the law of god and they're, they're 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 different so you can judge something without being judgmental judgmental deals more with your attitude your disposition your maybe your condescending tone or what have you uh, but judgment is uh, is is good and the bible tells us very clearly that god is a just judge and why was the person judging in these verses it was to take the speck mm-hmm. out of his brother's eye yeah and if you've ever had a speck in your eye yeah, you know how it hurts you know how it hurts so the person that's being dealt with here is in pain and they're hurting and how many times maybe if you walked up to somebody and said actually taking your eyelid and lifted it back and said to someone do you see anything in there i feel like i and you know it's Mm -hmm. like just a tiny tiny little speck in your eye a little lash is terribly bothersome so uh so this verse is saying you need to help your brother um but uh before you can help your brother you need to deal with yourself so uh, god is a righteous just judge so when god passes judgment on something it is good, and we want that in our life. Yeah, if people are yelling and screaming at you, and uh, and and telling you how bad you are because you're telling them what they're doing is wrong. Uh, have mercy on that person, absolutely, because they don't understand mm-hmm. that what they're doing can take them and end them in a place they don't want to be. That's right, but you know teachers are supposed to do this um but teachers judge you every day you take they grade a, you your, take, your yeah, paper you take a math quiz uh guess what you got five of them wrong well they shouldn't be judging you should they mm-hmm. if something is wrong and you're wanting to learn you should want to be judged um you know whenever i was say learning uh when i was in sweden i was learning swedish i would tell people correct me Correct my Swedish. Help me be better. I wanted someone to say, hey, you don't say it like that. or, But you don't want someone just to let you go on and continue to make the same mistakes. If you're really wanting to grow, you want someone to correct you. You can say that correction is judgment, however you want to classify it. But it's merely pointing out where you are doing wrong. And like I said, we're judged every day. You, If, you, if you're speeding and a stop, cop stops you, you're being judged for your speeding. If your wife tells you, ask you why don't you take out the trash then she's being quote judging if your teacher correct <laughs> corrects your your math you're being judged there if your employer tells you something i mean th- this is most of the time this relates back to 
I don't want anybody to limit me doing what I want to do. And when someone tries it, they're this is thrown at them basically just to push them away. Yeah. Don't don't tell me that I can't listen to my flesh. Well, I won't tell you that because you can listen to your flesh. I've done it before. We all have. You know, that's the thing that happens. All right. We got to get our break in. Then we'll come back. And uh, Scott Stewart is here. Pastor from Agape Church. You guys get together at what time? 10 o'clock on Sundays? 10 o'clock on Sunday morning at 701 Napa Valley Drive. Everybody's welcome. All right. Let's get to the news. Hey, if you have questions about filing for Social Security, get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet. And it's called Your Guide to Social Security. It's written by David Lucas from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. Uh, The 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know And it could help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. And as a bonus, you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. You know, it may be right for you to get at 62 to go ahead and take your social security but maybe you want to do like i did i waited till i was 66 and a half and for most people now it's 67 uh, to take my benefits and or maybe you want to stay and go until 70 before taking your benefits there's benefits with each one but you've got to weigh those benefits against the not benefits kind of do the uh the old uh, Benjamin Franklin pro-con columns and decide what you want to do. So pick up the phone, call right now, get a copy of this booklet, 501-222-3315, absolutely free. It is your guide to Social Security, 501-222-3315. Scott Stewart is here. He's the preacher over at Agape Church. And, uh, again, they're meeting at Sundays at uh, 10 o'clock. They do now have a Messianic meeting mm-hmm. on Saturdays. What time is that? At 1 o'clock. At 1 o'clock in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. And there's a, we have two buildings or three buildings on campus. Uh, the um, When you drive into the property, the building on the right is the one that has the Messianic service. The one that's in the valley. Yeah. Yeah, the one that's in the valley. That's right. <laughs> and, that's, uh, and that uh, service is led by um, Steve Hess, who normally is here, one of the Bible guys. And he leads that particular uh, that service. Can I say something about our about our school? Well, of course. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I just like to go ahead and, and just throw this out here. You know, with with all the um, the craziness that seems to be going on in um, in school systems uh, right now, I just if you guys are looking, if anyone's looking for uh, an alternative for uh, your uh, your children, uh, give uh, Agape Agape Academy uh, a try. Uh, I encourage you just to go to the website uh, agapeacademy.org. And look and see what the uh, what the school offers. Uh, it is a it is a Messiah centered uh, Christian school that is going to focus on teaching your children the truth, not a truth or somebody else's version of truth. It's going to teach you the truth from the Word of God, but also your kids are going to uh, learn uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic at very very high levels. Our kids test at the top of every uh, uh, of every class. Uh, the national testing they're at the they're at the top so um encourage you to go and check that out we have a great uh, a great principle a great uh, a great curriculum can i guess and say that you guys don't use crt we don't 
use CRT. No, we don't. We don't use CRT. Uh, we had, no sixteen nineteen. No sixteen nineteen. Our our kids are taught the truth, uh, and uh, and our school is very very um, uh, diverse. Um, and uh, that's one that's one wonderful thing about our entire church. Many people who've come into our church, and I've heard this several times since I've been pastor for seven years. And uh, one thing I've heard more than uh, a handful of times, and that is, your church looks like heaven. And they say that because we have we have um, Oriental people, Chinese people, we have Hispanic people, we have African American people, we have Caucasian people, we have we have people from all across the spectrum. Everybody loving the Lord, everybody worshiping God, everyone following Jesus. It's just a, really a beautiful a beautiful blend. All right. So really now let me let me since you you brought this up, let me ask this question because i have been pretty tough on the church mm-hmm. in the past about not offering schooling so that people that are christians can put their children in christian schools instead mm-hmm. of having to put them into government schools right uh do you think that's right i mean i i just get am i right or am i wrong no i, I think that you're absolutely right that's one of the reasons why we offer the school that we do because this you know if the school system held to the reason why it was established in the first place no problem but we've abdicated um the original purpose for our schools to um to a secular secular state uh you know they say they tell us you can't pray in school you can't teach this in school you can't teach that in school you can't talk about god in school and our original school system um their main textbook was the bible Mm-hmm. Uh, the school room, school house, used to be uh, the local churches in every community. One of the main teachers was going to be the uh, the local minister, uh, the pastor. Because he was typically the most educated person right. in the town. That's right. And speaking of, of the most educated, all most all of our Ivy League um, universities were all started as seminaries. Yale was a seminary. It was started... Uh, to train ministers in the gospel, and and Harvard uh, was a seminary, and uh, Dartmouth and Princeton, and we just go down the list. All of them were started with denominational affiliations established originally to train ministers in the pursuit of teaching the scriptures as they were meant to be taught. And one by one, we have abandoned the uh, the purpose of these schools, universities, colleges, and and we've given them over to secularism. And we've lost the original intent. And now we have um, the mess that we have today where schools don't know the difference between uh, male and female. They don't know the difference between um, God creating something or something just kind of jumping out of out of nothing. We have it's 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 sad. But when you abandon the truth, then anything goes because everybody has their own version of what truth actually is. By the way, I mentioned last week I was talking a little bit about uh the body on netflix mm-hmm. it's a, oh, yeah. a docuseries let me warn you that i don't adhere to some of the teachings that are in the show i i particularly ask people to watch it because we were talking about romans about all you got to do is look around and you see the glory of god yeah. and know that there is a god right and when you watch that show and you watch how intricate the body is and in yeah. fact you you referred today about when you had your wreck your body was flooded with a with a hormone that kept you from you know feeling as much pain yeah. as you probably would have. Uh, that uh, you know that that I don't think that that just happened by 
by chance. And uh, so I believe that there there is a creator. That's where you start. Yeah. All right. On, on all of this. How, uh, however, uh, when you get to the end of this show and they talk about birth, mm-hmm. uh, overlook that the person who's giving birth is a woman who identifies as a man. Oh, really? And um, says in it that she decided, or he uh, decided not to have a, now wait a minute, it was she, yeah, she, because she's identifying as man. I get confused on this. Uh, she decided not to have a vaginal birth, but to have a, a cesarean because it was too close to proving that to her that she was still a woman. Really? You know, that is a confused person. Um, well, you know, <laughs> having going back to some of these uh, education things, uh, I had to study archaeology whenever I was getting my, my undergrad. And w- one of the things that we do um, is if we find a skeleton, one of the things you do is you identify whether it's male or female, male huh? or female, and you can do that by the bone structure. You can do that by the, the the skull, by the jaw, by the pelvis. There's so many ways to tell this is this is this is a male, this is a this is a female. It's only in modern days that we have begun to redefine terms. Uh, and if you start redefining terms, you can make anything say anything that you want it to say. The whole thing about this woman, I, this identification thing. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, it used to be called uh, gender dysmorphia. It was a psychological um, abnormality. Um, it was only recently that we decided to do away with, with that and now normalize and mainstream it to where now it's normal as opposed to throughout all of our human history, we've understood things as being um, it being an ab, uh, you know an, an, a different behavior than what it would be considered the, uh, the norm. You're going back to the whole, um, you know, the about the uh, creation of how God created everything. Also in archaeology, we can find, you can be digging and you're finding nothing and you find one arrowhead and then they build an entire society off of one arrowhead because they say this does not just spontaneously happen in nature. And when you look at the human body, you know that doesn't spontaneously That's happen right. in nature, but they don't they want to attribute that to uh, an intelligence. So, the redefining of terms, reworking of um, identification, uh, all these things, you can only make things be what they are is if you redefine that words. And that's what the Nazis did. The Nazis began to redefine terms so as to allow an alternative reality that gave way to them being able to massacre six million Jewish people. I told my churches a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, um, if you – we did this a lot in the U.K. at, uh, at – um, on November 11th, which was the end of the uh, the, the um, when they celebrated the um, the ending of the First World War, uh, you would give a mo- one minute silence on that particular day. Mm-hmm. And so I told my church uh, that if you actually gave a one minute silence, and actually at the Hol- Holocaust Remem- Memorial Day in the Israel, they'll give it one minute silence. So all cars on the road stop. And they sit, stand for one. They get out of their cars and they stand for a minute in, mem- in remembrance, remem- memory. But if you gave a one-minute silence, uh, you stood silent for one minute for every for every uh, person killed in the Holocaust, every Jewish person, you would be you would be doing that standing for eleven years. That's how many people were actually murdered. And it all began by redefining what terms is redefining what a human was, def- redefining what the classification of races was, redefining all things as to make uh, one particular people group the uh, scapegoat for everything that went wrong. 
redefining what is care. Right. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, we even have done that now. Yeah, we have. Redefining what is care. What, what, what did the Obama administration do? We redefined terrorism. Mm-hmm. Man-made disasters. You start redefining what words are. What is an actual terrorist? What is an actual... What what does what is the definition of gender? What's a different of definition of sex? What's the different de- definition of marriage? What's the different? We have redefined so many words as to create an alternative reality, and now people buy into the the uh, the new reality as opposed to the established reality that we've had since the beginning of human uh, human history. Easy way to make this point: if you had a child that was just born this year. And every time you picked up an orange, you said it was a peach. By the time that they were old enough to say what that was, they would call it a peach, that's right. not an orange. Right. And that's what they're doing. That is what they're doing in the school systems. That's what they're doing when you listen to the news and when you read news articles. Uh, semantics are important. Words have 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 meanings and that's why they try to change the definition because they do know that i mean we've defined we've redefined racism oh, Rac- yeah. racism is now a system it's not uh your particular feeling towards somebody else although it can be that but now it's a system however if you look in all dictionaries the definition of racism we're given today is not what people are saying only one dictionary has actually changed the definition ra- definition of racism, and that was Webster, and they did that last year. Don't, don't worry. The rest the, of them will follow suit. Right, right, but this is what they're doing. They're changing what words mean so they can create a reality that doesn't exist. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, we've got to get our final break in, then we'll come back and we'll do our final question here on The Bible Guys. Scott is here from Agape. He's answering your questions. If you have a question, 823-0965. Don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, They want you to know that right now there is a national uh, campaign going on called Slow Down, Move Over. What that means is if you see, you know, those orange lights on the side of the road, slow down and move to the farthest part of the road away from them. That way, the people who are outside their uh, their vehicles taking care of a car uh, that is broken down, you don't happen to get too close and clip somebody and, uh, you know, hurt them badly or worse things come into the case uh, would be killing them. So you want to make sure that that doesn't happen. I saw, you know, how the big signs are on the highway and they warn you about this and that. Yesterday, the one was... I think it was red, blue, or yellow. If they're flashing, move over. So that's part of this whole thing of slow down and move over. And the folks at East End Towing want you to keep that in mind. If you find yourself needing somebody to tow you, uh, call East End Towing. Uh, They are up on all the laws. They know what they need to do. The number is 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. 8849. All right, we got eight minutes. Final question for you, Pastor. How do you guys deal with depression? I'm assuming that you have had to deal with this yourselves from time to time. I believe that everyone probably deals with this from time to time, but what if it continues to recur? I do not want to go on meds because I believe that God is my answer. Any words of advice or counsel would be appreciated and most helpful. Okay. Uh, well, most certainly, we all have dealt with some um, level of depression, um, you know, being 
depression being obviously a, a sense of uh, sadness, gloom uh, that goes on for a period of time that is abnormal. Um, you know, obviously, if you hear bad news or sad news, you will have a an emotional reaction um, that that could last you for a day or two. But uh, depression is normally something that hangs around for an extended period of time, uh, well beyond um, the initial. Um, upset uh, many times you see people that um, if someone passes away for example you can have people that are um, upset and sad and depressed that were not immediate family longer than the actual immediate family so so no we we totally get that that's something that uh, I'm around quite a bit you know I deal with uh, with people that are dying people that have um, have died with grief counseling with people who are who are ill so there's there's a lot of that. So if you if you don't know how to handle it, it can get on you um, very, very, uh, very quickly. And the Bible does um, address this. Uh, it's amazing how the Bible talks about joy and it speaks of uh, gladness. Uh, it speaks of rejoicing. Even the Apostle Paul, he, uh, he said um, in the book of Philippians, uh, I believe rejoice is mentioned more in that book than any other book of the Bible. And... Um, and Isn't in that book that he says count it all joy. That's in that's in James. James, okay. Yep. But uh, but there is that idea of rejoicing. He mentions about rejoicing. I forget exactly how many times out of Philippians. But the interesting thing is that when he wrote that, he's in he's in jail. He's in the Philippian jail when he's writing the book of Philippians. Yeah, more like prison. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's not like here. No. So um, there is. Um, so you'd imagine if someone is actually in. Uh, in a horrible uh, dungeon type of prison, uh, they probably wouldn't be talking about rejoicing as much as they do. So a lot of it is going to be you having to set yourself in a position knowing that the Bible says about your joy. So just like when Jesus was tempted by the enemy in the desert, how did he handle that? He handled it by saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. So any time a thought was put in his mind by the enemy or he heard the devil speak, his response was what the word actually says. So I would encourage you, number one, to arm yourself or to sharpen your sword. The Bible says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So we sharpen our sword in um, in how to how to fight. So you can take a get. I would encourage you to take like a get a list, a piece of paper, and just get a list of scriptures written down about about joy, where the Bible says, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength, for example, or it says, in His presence is fullness of joy. Or when Jesus says, my joy, I give unto you. Or uh, when the Bible says, uh, Dave mentioned to the book of James, it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So get all these verses about joy and get those ready the next time depression starts coming your way. And when depression comes your way, you can rebuke it in the name of Jesus and then quote the scripture. You can say something like, I will not not become uh, depressed because... The joy of the Lord is my strength, and then you and then you rebuke that. So very similar to what Jesus did um, in the desert. The Bible also tells us that um, that that we are to put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So sometimes depression comes on like a like a cloak for a lot of people. So it's like this heaviness that weighs on them. And the Bible says you put on the garment of praise for that. And that's a this is just speaking, you know, metaphorically there about a garment. But you enter into a place of praise, and that what that does is it begins to lift that. Um, depression or heaviness off of you. So I would find I would put myself in a place where number one, I have an arsenal of scriptures related to joy. Quote them to yourself. Uh, my wife years ago she she um, she fell into um, 
where she was having, we were living in Sweden, she was having panic attacks all the time. Just this horrible fear would come over mm-hmm. her for no reason. And so our house was littered with uh, pieces of paper everywhere. And on each piece of paper was a verse of scripture. So if she walked into the bathroom, she would see on the mirror a verse of scripture about not fretting, about not fearing. She'd go into the kitchen. There were scriptures in there. Everywhere she went, she surrounded herself with the word of God. And she put that on the inside of her to where God's word was more of a reality than what she was feeling. And then whenever the fear tried to come on her again, she was able to quote those verses just like Jesus did when he was being tempted by the devil and to push it away. And then on top of that, we get ourselves surrounded by worship. Put on worship music, praise music, whatever you need to do to where your focus shifts from the valley to the mountaintop. And from there, you get to focus on the things of God. And that brings you out of your sadness, out of your depression, out of your heaviness. We cast our care over onto the Lord because the Bible says, for he cares for us. All right. Church is Sunday at what time again and where at? It's at 701 Napa Valley Drive, West Little Rock. That's at 10 o'clock in the morning. We have services for the your 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 infants, for your children, for your youth, and of course for the uh, adults. Service is normally about an hour and a half long. And uh, you can expect to see people rejoicing and thanking God for who he is and what he's done in their life. All right, so remember today, as you have time to pause, uh, remember Billy and uh, say a prayer for him. He had surgery today on his ankle. Uh, It was going to be pretty extensive from what we understood, and uh, he's going to be uh, having some problems uh, walking for some time. Uh, Be thinking of the pastor. He's going to be leaving the area, heading down to Austin to help his daughter move into their new home. And Steve, he's not here today, but maybe he'll be here next week. If not, it'll be a best of the Bible guys next week. Just let you know. Thanks for your words of wisdom today, Pastor. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow to Wednesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. See you at 6 a.m.